broadcasting from the third coast and recorded live at Tripod South Studios. This is The Hango Show. You look like. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like, um, I don't know. I don't know the best analogy. I guess it'd be like if, if you're a kid and you're watching like cartoons and then you go to the theme park where they have the cartoon characters dressed up. Yeah. It's like a different experience. <laughs> well, you've known what I've looked like for a long time. Well, that, yeah, absolutely. And I've, you know, I've known you for, you know, a long time now. Like, when was Battlefield out? Oh, shit. Battlefield mm-hmm. 3, that was in uh, 2010, maybe? Damn, so I've known you for like 2011? So, yeah, it's been, it's been 10 years we've known each other. Fuck, Time flies by, man. Huh? Time flies by. Yeah, I guess it does. Holy shit. We've, we've just... We've just See, I've um, gotten older, and you stay the same age. Like you have not aged at all. God, look at—you can't see this, uh, dude. Can you not see all this right here in me, dude? I'm so gray; it's pitiful. Are you? I'm really gray. Oh, it's not the best lighting in here, but like, yeah, like my beard has got a lot of gray in it. Um, here, like on the sides, I keep my hair cut super short here on the sides, but it's like, no. everywhere, like around my ears, it's it's all gray now. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, you still look the same, too, but maybe it's just, you know, I've got old eyes. Well, maybe we just got used to each other. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. I know, like, when I look in the mirror, like, if I, if I shaved, if I shaved, I'd probably look like I'm 40. You feel me? Yeah, well, I mean, even 10 years ago, when you were clean shaven, you looked like you were in your 20s. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. That, I mean, that baby I mean, face type right, thing. Well, I mean, even, even right now, if I wear, like, a I guess like yeah, with this that COVID shit. Yeah. Should, should I put this on? Make it realistic. <laughs> put your mask on. <laughs> like with this, yeah, I, I, I you look, I'm yeah, sure I look, look a lot younger. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just like my vibe too. I think you know. Gangsta, In gangsta. General. Hmm. Gangsta. That vibe. I don't know, like. Like stoner. <laughs> stoner vibes, I guess. Stoner vibes, yeah. It's because like at the at the grocery store, um yeah, like the kids talk to me like, you know, like I'm one of them, you know? When when, when I have this on, this shit. Right. Oh. They don't they don't know they're talking to a an older fellow. And I miss you, dude. We gotta I, if you get PlayStation five, I'll get it. I've been looking uh, at them, but there's a shortage right now because yeah, I mean, uh, I've been tempted to, I mean, it mostly just to be like, to fuck off, you know, with you, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I miss the, uh, the old gaming days. Um, I really hadn't, cause the only thing I've played recently was, uh, that Crusader Kings three. Yeah. Just because that's only, I can take that with me you know, on my laptop. Um, uh, I think the other night I turned on my PlayStation four for the first time. Shit. Probably since September. I mean, I, I just haven't, haven't played it at all. There hasn't been anything that really, I really wanted to play. 
Yeah. And so I just fired up some MLB just for the fucks of it. Just to like burn some time. Yep. I'm the same way, man. I'm the same way. I haven't found anything that's like. Grabs you. Yeah, it's grabbed me, but I, I think the the last. Yeah, the last couple years I was playing with y'all. Um, it was mostly just to hang out with you guys. Like I realize that now, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that I was the same way. Uh, I mean, the gameplay, of course, was fun, whether it be Battlefield or, or Destiny or whatever we were playing. Um, but the hang really was real, real motivation to, to get on every night, you know, to shoot the shit. Yeah, exactly. Shooting the shit, I'm basically like your podcast, you know? That's <laughs> kind of where it started, I guess. It was I guess, over right? chat. Yeah, I mean, it, it's good. It, I love what you're doing with it. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I've listened to the first four episodes, uh, and then it's kind of like fell off because I just got like super busy, you know? Yeah, you're juggling a lot of chainsaws right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to start. Did I tell you I'm going to start working at the restaurant? No. Yeah, that wasn't part of the original plan, but just, you know, the pandemic just changed everything. I mean, you're probably aware of the. Um, the the what is it the staffing shortages restaurants are going through no the what not, so, the, oh the staff shortage yes i got you yeah it's it's pretty serious right because i and everyone that i talk to hey, i'd love to get your take too everyone that i talk to you know when i mention it uh they all immediately like just intuitively they go oh it's probably because of the unemployment right is that kind of what you would think I don't know. I think it's a, um, I think it's a culmination of things. I honestly believe that it's, um, number one is the, it could be the unemployment incentive. I'm not saying all of it is. Right. I think it could be also that a lot of people reevaluated, uh, their employment during COVID. And, yeah, there you go. and some people might've fell out of one industry and, and, and people are picking up those jobs. Yeah. I think it could also be um, an actual grassroots movement to not go back to low paying jobs. Uh, Even consider that. Yeah. I, I think it could be, it could be number one and number three combined. They're saying, Oh, we can get unemployment now. So why would we go back to a lower paying job when we're making the same sitting at home? And this is kind of a way of like, them going on strike in their own little way. Um, so I think it could be a, I think, I think it, or it could be a combination of all three. Who, yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah. So. I didn't think about the, the, I mean, I mean, I did hear or read or something about how in a lot of, especially in the restaurant industry, because they're like, you know, a little bit younger, you know, in general. So during the pandemic, yeah, they had the opportunity, right, to change the direction, you know, where they're going. So, yeah. Well, I think a lot of places yeah. also are offering you know, work from home and people are seeking out those jobs. And now that they have yeah. unemployment benefits to kind of bridge that gap, they're taking their time jumping back in. Hmm. Um. Hey everybody, welcome to the Hango Show. This is your host, Hango Wood, and tonight I've got uh, 
a friend that we just figured out that I've known for a lot longer than we thought we did. <laughs> we, we were just talking about. Wait, is this, is this live? Oh yeah, we're we're doing it right now, man. It's not live. I'm recording it. Oh, and awesome. I chop it down. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not live streaming it or anything. Come on. I feel, well, I feel like I'm on the uh, on the Joe Rogan or don't Mike Friedman show. don't do it. Don't say that. Uh, it feels like you know, but I guess that's just like the format. That's the platform, right? Like the podcast. Yeah, I mean, you've kind of got to cut your own niche out. You know, some yeah. some some podcasts have got a whole big intro with ads and everything else. And then some jump right into talking. I kind of mix the two got a little intro. It goes right into us talking. Okay. So I meant to ask you, is there anything that you don't want to, I, mean, I can cut, I cut all this stuff out. Is there anything that you yeah. don't want to talk about tonight? Um, I mean, if we can keep my, I guess, actual identity. Oh yeah. You know, I, I'm identity. all about that. I'm all about, yeah, then, then we can talk about anything. Dude. Okay. Yeah, this is the this is the fucking Hango Show. This is the Hango Show. <laughs> but thank you. Yeah, it's on. Thank you, Hango. That's that's pro, man. I like that. That's what I do. I'm a professional. I'm a consummate professional. I mean, you're like you're literally made for this platform, man. I hope you do get into uh, the the live streaming and oh, like, no. I hope you that's what, this on Twitch. I, I'm, I don't think so. I like editing my stuff. I, I don't, okay. you know, uh, because I, we take, you know, us being old men here, when me and the boys are here, we take a lot of piss breaks, you know, things of that nature. Um, uh, matter of fact, I'm, like, I'm I'm recovering from a, a cold I've had this week, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm like, no, <laughs> I got vaccinated, so I'm hoping it actually works. Fingers crossed. Um, no, I just been like coughing and. I think it's a combination of like a little head cold and then the allergies of all the pollen down here. It's gotten yeah. out of hand. Well, I've heard that, you know, because of COVID that, you know, you, I'm sure you saw the same kind of news where they were saying um, that, you know, like the, the climate, you know, was getting better, you know, the environment right. was getting a lot better and stuff. And yeah. And as a result, that pollen like just, I mean, it's always been bad down here, man, but this year, mm-hmm. Last year wasn't that bad. It really wasn't. Uh, but this year, dude, it's it's brutal. Because typically by this time, it's kind of calmed down. You know, spring has sprung, and now it's summertime coming on. But this year, it's it's hit hard. The pollen has been out and about. It's crazy. Uh, but anyway, I got a friend where, of mine. Where, Do what? Go ahead. What what uh, what room is this, Hango? It's my gun safe room. That's it. So you're literally in your safe room right now. Yeah. Okay. This is where I come to when the shit goes down. I see. That way I can so pod- you- I can I can broadcast the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> you have like uh, I'm gonna be the last. Like be like my, it's like the, the last bastion of freedom. Be broadcasting <laughs> as, the, as the bombs fall. It was what was the guy's name in Fallout Three? Uh, oh, I was just thinking about Fallout. What was his name? Shit, uh, Three Dog, the guy who was brought yeah, yeah. in DC. Yeah. Now this is the Hango Show. I got a buddy of mine here. We we just discovered that we've been friends now for damn near ten years, if not longer. It's my buddy Skull Control. How you doing, Skull? I'm doing pretty good, Hango. How are you? Uh, I'm fantastic. Just yeah. uh, just living the dream down here, I guess. Uh, the reason I wanted to have Skull on tonight 
is because he is, um, number one, he's just an awesome guy. I've known him for a long time and uh, very quick-witted and loves to give me hell about being bucktoothed. I mean, I'm from the South. <laughs> and uh, so he he is going through a – he's been going through quite the, the journey. Um, he, he And also he lives in D.C., which I think most folks don't realize is totally different than living really anywhere else in the U.S. Just because well, you're about to get statehood. They're trying to push it through. So you got that going yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, but he, he's, he's in the process of opening a restaurant and is a restaurant in bar now. Yeah. I mean, in DC, it, it's kind of weird. Uh, there's barely a distinction between a bar and a restaurant. Right. Um, as long as you serve, like you could serve a uh, bag potato chips and you're considered a restaurant. So y'all have to serve food. At, at your bars, yes. With with there there is an exception. There's something called a tavern license uh, you can get where you don't have to serve uh, food at all, you know, but you can still serve booze. And those are um, tip, historically they've been difficult uh, to get. And so some parts of the city, uh, like especially like older parts of the city or like more established parts of the city. They actually have uh, memorandums on uh, limiting uh, how many tavern licenses are allowed in that particular neighborhood. So, right. yeah. I know you said you know a few couple years back you're like I think I'm going to open a bar. I'm like, fucking go for it, man! Because I rather yeah. I rather you do it than me try to do it because I would pull my hair out. And I think after watching you go through this. You see why I was like, yeah, go for it, man. Cause I don't think I want to do it. <laughs> it was, it's yeah. such a process looks like. It is. And so much of it is, um, out of our, out of our control ultimately. So the, and there's, there's so much to learn, uh, about opening, you know, your own bar or a restaurant, uh, in Washington, DC. And we've learned, so much about what not to do because, um, you know, looking back, you know, they say hindsight's twenty twenty, uh, but looking back, you know, yeah, we we made some really big mistakes up front. What, what is there anything in particular that you could point to that were like, oh, that was a big setback? Yeah, I mean, one of this, I mean, this is good. I guess I'll sound really foolish, um, but. It's the hango show. Yeah, um, we do learn from our mistakes. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, the biggest one was we didn't read um, our contract um, for the building uh, closely enough. So we made all these like assumptions, um, things like when when does uh, the lease actually start? That's all documented uh, within the uh, leasing agreement and it's not something that I, I was used to where let's let's say you know you go to rent an apartment um, you know hey I'm moving in uh, June 1st and I'm moving out June 1st you know that kind of thing up front um, with, with these kinds of uh, commercial leases just about everything is negotiable and this isn't something like you know people have told us this uh, before we you know, actually signed uh, the lease of the building. 
Um, but I, I guess unless for us, we didn't, we had to experience it um, to, to really understand that everything's negotiable. Mm. Um, but the biggest mistake I think we made was, yeah, we didn't read our, our lease agreement closely enough. So one of the things was we had um, made an assumption because it was just like talked about that uh, for the build out of the, of the restaurant um, that we, we just assume again, it was verbalized to us that the, another party uh, would actually put uh, the fan on the roof for the, uh, the restaurant hood, you know, where all the griddles and all grills right. the ovens hood. go. So all that ex- gets exhausted straight up the building. So, you know, very early on in quote unquote negotiations, you know, it was just kind of like verbalized. Oh yeah. I think so-and-so, uh, you know, should take care be on the hook for, uh, the hood, you know, landscaping, whatever it was at the time. But then if you look at the contract, um, we were actually uh, Um. on the hook to pay for that uh, hood, or I'm sorry, the fan for the hood. And the only reason we, I guess, really understood that was we ran into, so during during COVID, we were all just like freaking out, you know, because our restaurant hadn't opened yet. And... You know, we're just like speculating. The only thing we had was our business plan. And that's just, you can make numbers up for your business plan. Like we lowballed everything, be smart about it. Um, and so going into, because we were going to potentially be opening uh, the winter of 2020. Right. And that's what it looked like in terms of like the build out of the, uh, of the space itself. So we're just kind of like freaking out. What are, what are we going to do? Do we have enough? Uh, you know, capital and reserve uh, to float us through the winter, you know, those kinds of things. And then it turns out that, um, you know, as we're going through our numbers back and forth, um, we're like, okay, are we sure that, you know, we don't have to pay for, uh, you know, this fan? Like, are there costs that we haven't accounted for yet? Uh, and it turned out, uh, reviewing the contract again, like a year later, um, it was as clear as day, you know, the, the restaurant owners will pay for this fan. And you might be thinking to yourself, oh, you know, it's an industrial fan, whatever. Maybe it it would cost, you know, maybe it's a couple K, maybe like 5K or something. Yeah, exactly. I see you shaking your head. <laughs> like, it's a lot more than that. <laughs> I, I didn't know. See, I'm not, I, I had to learn, man, I got to learn the hard way, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot more than that. So. We got quoted 25K and that was 25K, you know, we didn't adjust for. So we had to go back and really look at, I guess, our startup costs yeah. to see like where we could trim. Uh, and we did such a, I'm going to brag a little bit. We did such a good job trimming and uh, getting uh, a good deal uh, through negotiations uh, on the uh, the fan for the hood, the restaurant hood. Um, we're actually right now we're targeting, we're 
on target to actually come in about 20k under. So oh, nice. Yeah, under budget. Yeah, which is you know freaking awesome. Yeah, so, it is. Anytime yeah. you can save some money in a startup, I mean, it's every damn penny counts. Um, I've I've started a business before. I got friends, you know, Jut runs a vape shop, and of course Harpoon runs his restaurant. And sometimes those pennies make a big difference at the end of the month. That's the difference between having another staff member or having enough to cover food costs or whatever it is. Uh, so yeah, when you when you run a business, own a business, you kind of learn that you know trimming the fat adds up in the long run. Yeah, sure. Uh, so what? See, around here, licensing is a lot more lenient, I think, when it comes to restaurants, as far as like getting started and whatnot. Liquor mm-hmm. license here is a t- totally different story. It's it's a pain in the ass trying to get liquor license. Uh, I could um, I can I can only imagine in D.C. like any big city really. It's a lot of red tape you have to tear through to get anything done. So what was what was it like trying to get? I know you have, you have to go through I'm sure like a ton of of, of red tape in the cities because. It's a city and not really a state. No. So I'm sure it's a lot different than it is, you know, get a state liquor license. How does DC work with that? I mean, is, are they like their own entity? Because kind of the mayor is like the, the, the top dog there instead of having a governor, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, it works. I, I would I imagine, uh, Hango, it works like just about any other, uh, any other, I guess, metropolitan area. I mean, probably it probably works similarly to, uh, you know, how it works where you're at too. Uh, there, you know, there's a lot of, you know, filing things have to get filed. Um, there's a lot of waiting. I think that's probably the worst part, more than the uh, the bureaucracy of it all. Right? You have to file for like the permits. You have to file uh, for uh, your liquor license. Um, so I think that's somewhere file. where it's going to be different because I've. I think for us, um, really, once once you like your restaurant, I've had friends open restaurants around here, and when you put in like your your registering to open open a restaurant, the mm-hmm. health inspectors there like that week sometime. What really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. <laughs> That's why I'm telling when you tell me you're like we're waiting on the health inspector to come by. I'm like it's taking that long really to get the health inspector in there to check things out. That's really, I, I was kind of blown away when you said that. I was like, wow. They must have taken, taken their time up there to get stuff done. So, yeah, around here, it's the last, it's basically one of the last steps. Uh, did I tell you that story? No. That's, I, I heard you said you're like, you're always, you're always like, I'm waiting on this person or I'm waiting on that person. Like, did they get anything done in D.C.? What's taking so long? It, it just, so part of it is the, the, the facility, the building itself uh, had to be built out for us specifically. So that was a big part of that delay. So uh, the owner of the building, um, you know, she had, yeah, it's a nice point you're bringing up, Hango. Um, so she had to deal with her own delay with like, um, you know, the, the way I guess it works around here. If you're doing like commercial projects, I'm just guessing here. Is it sounds to me like if you're like a, a developer, uh, you can't. I don't think 
most of all, I don't know if this is regulated or not. I'd be surprised if it was actually regulated. But my understanding is if you're a developer and you need work done uh, somewhere, you put out uh, bids or you put out like a, you know, request for bids uh, on, on the work itself. And just just like anyone else, you know, most uh, developers or landlords or whomever are going to go with the, uh, the people that bid the lowest, but they're not usually either the best or the fastest. Right. And that's what I'm imagining, uh, you know, was a lot of the delay, especially the, the first year. So it's taken us about two years since uh, we signed that lease. And most of that was taken up with the build out. And then arguably, I would say year two, um, you know, where, where we're at now, you know, that a lot of that delay was because of COVID, you know, at the end of the day, it's unavoidable. I think it's know? a big difference too, between here and there. Um, here it's very rural, you know, so anybody can go buy, you know, a quarter acre of land and throw a building up and turn it into a restaurant. DC's an old city mm-hmm. and they're in a whole lot of room really to, to go anywhere. It's, it's, it's just, it's just there. So I, yeah. I figure if anytime you want to open a business that the building isn't set up for, it's, it's a whole remodel. Yeah, it, 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 for, for like the building permits and things like that, like the, the real structural ones. Yeah, that took, I mean, that took quite a bit uh, of time. It, that, that part does take about uh, six months. And even that's, you know, pretty fast. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know you had said, you know, because you would text me like end of year before last, in a 2019, you're like, man, it's kind of coming together now. You know, we're kind of getting, getting things moving. We should be opening, you know, hopefully before the summer of next year. I'm like, oh, awesome. And then like COVID hit, you're like, everything has stopped. <laughs> it's come to a standstill. <laughs> so I know I had to be like, shit, you know, just one more wrench thrown in the gears just to, to fuck everything up. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, and I think that's, that's like a hard, so I mean, another big lesson, Hango, that we learned is, um, you know, if like the, if if we had more experience, you know, in the business, like as business owners, uh, myself and my business partners, if if we because this is our first place. Right. Right. So we, we went into this thinking, OK, we know that the restaurant business is risky. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, if 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 the, the, the statistic is true that uh, most restaurants don't make it their first year. You know, we went in knowing that, hey, this is risky, but how can we still win? You know, I still want to win. Um, and the idea was that, hey, look, I don't want to do anything else with the rest of my life. This is what I want to be doing. So even if we get this thing open, we, we let it run its course and it, it, it doesn't make it past a year, we still win in the sense that we've learned all these like invaluable little things uh, along the way. So, you know, the next time or the next place we open is going to be, you know, even better. And we're just going to keep trying. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's something Harpoon has, has said, you know, forever that he, he kind of got into the restaurant business because his brothers had gotten into the restaurant business. 
Mm. So he jumped in with them. You know, he's, it's one of those things you kind of, you kind of learn as you go sometimes. And sometimes those lessons cost a lot of money, you know, but once you learn them, you've learned it. And you, you don't make that mistake again unless you have the money to back it, to back it up, you know. Exactly, exactly. And that's there's like you can't really, you know. I'm just going to sound so cliche, but you can't really put a, you know, price on those kinds of lessons, right? Because you don't really learn that in anywhere, you know. Right. Um, maybe I guess unless you come from a, you know, family in that particular, you know, business, right? Or or worked, or you know, worked in. Like maybe doing supplying for restaurants, and you see it happen every day, and you kind of you know yeah. learn those lessons by saying, "Oh, I saw what that business did, and I don't want to do it." Once I get into the game, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think, um, yeah, the I think the the, the bi- other big takeaway uh, for me, anyways, was to never do like a development style deal like this, you know, especially if we're pressed for time. If I had to do it all over again, um, we would probably look for like specifically for a turnkey place. Right. Yes. You can just dress up and then repaint you know, go and go. Away. Yeah. Put some new, some new equipment in and be ready to run. Yeah. Exactly. Go through our permitting process and all that. I was just going to say, I think something else people don't realize uh, you being in DC Anytime there's a government shutdown, mm-hmm. the city comes to a standstill. Yeah. Yes. And we went through two yeah. or three of those where y'all were doing this because you were like, we got our permits going next day. You're like, well, <laughs> they shut down the government, so we don't have any kind of permits going. <laughs> so what's interesting, though, about that hango, so it's, yeah, it sucks if you're in the middle of something that, you know, that relies on the, uh, I guess, the, the, you know, the government gears, you know, the government bureaucracy. Um, it sucks then, but I guess what happens though, interestingly, and I mean, I, and when I say it, it's so obvious when the government shuts down bars and restaurants, that revenue just, oh, I bet it does. Like yeah. <laughs> I bet K street just start spending all their money trying to, trying to buy food and booze and everything else. Exactly. I mean, yeah, people just end up, you know, DC's a, a drinking town anyway. Right. Um, so what happens during these shutdowns is people will just day drink into, you know, night drinking and then just keep doing that, you know, over and over again. You're in the right business then because, you know, the government is going to keep shutting down. So when you hear government shut down, you're like, you're, you have money signs in your eyes and that goes on now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, we'll see. And I think. Too, that, that, that's something I think a lot about Hango is um, so pre pre uh, pre pandemic pre COVID, um, you know the economy at least around here was just it was just great. You could literally throw you know a rock, open up an ice cream stand, and you know make make serious cash right. just because people had uh, the money, but. Um, around here, I know that there have been uh, some statistics about, you know, there, there's a percentage. I, I don't know what that percentage is of people, um, you know, leaving these urban areas, you know, because they were just were scared, you know, yeah. three months in. Like, yeah, I would have, you know, if I had the means, I would have and maybe not and, and not 
so many commitments, I would have probably considered that also. Right. Um, so that changes some things. Government um, has really uh, uh, mobilized or uh, made remote working like a thing. And a lot of those programs uh, that are in place, they're not going to go anywhere. So if you were, uh, you know, deemed, Hey, you can, you can be a remote worker. Um, you're probably just going to hang out there at the very most. You may be asked to go into the office twice a week or something like that. Right. So that changes in my mind, um, sort of the economics of this area. Historically, it's always been kind of shielded. The government's here, you know, if, if, if Wall Street goes up, and we saw with the, uh, uh, you know, the recession, right? Where right. Wall Street. 2008. Yeah. And like, I didn't, you know, notice a thing around here. Um, you know, even though there were, you know, homes being foreclosed and things in, you know, around D.C., just like, everywhere else um but because of the government uh workforce here it, you know it was really shielded right uh, but this, this covid just messed all that up and one of the things we weren't accounting for uh initially was we were we were thinking well let's make this a neighborhood bar we're gonna neighborhood or yeah neighborhood bar restaurant first that's gonna be our base uh, and then others in the city and other part in the other parts of the city. Sure. It, it's that fun, um, you know, you know, night out to a part of the city. You don't maybe normally go to that kind of thing. Right. Uh, but because of these, I guess these shifts uh, post pandemic, um, now we have to try to figure out um, how to reach out to the, more of the tourism market now. That's going to be really different for us. Um, I mean, I've got a couple ideas, um, but, you know, we won't be, I guess, financially ready to fund anything for probably another year or two. Right. That's that's going to be really interesting. Do you want to tell the folks a little bit about the place you're opening? Uh, Oh, the the Indian restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. If you Um, plug away, (laughs) pitch it. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's an Indian restaurant in Northeast uh, Washington D.C. I'm I'm a little shy about the name just because I might be saying some crazy things, right? Okay, well you don't you don't have to plug that if you don't want to. It's not a big deal. I mean, I yeah, just, I, just what I'm afraid of, Hango, is I might get too candid. Like, I'm, <laughs> even now, like, like like no, even now when we were talking about like the. The, the delays and stuff. Like I wanted oh. to get into details and I, I was like, okay, yeah, we well, you don't have to plug it then. I mean, if you, you yeah. if you just want to stick to, you know, what it's like going through the process, it's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And whatever else you want to be talking about. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> I'm a little paranoid about that in the sense that you don't want to stub your toe before you even got the door. Yeah, exactly. And it, it could just could be one of those, like, what if, dude, what if like best case scenario, right? Like I'm, I get really good at like doing this right yeah and i end up opening up like 12 restaurants right um it'd be kind of i'm there's a there's a paranoia in me where i'm like man that 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 recording i did with hango 10 years ago <laughs> come back and bite you in the ass 
Right. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm trying to be real careful about, like, I want to talk about, like, you know, uh, some of the things I've noticed, like, with just, like, when we we're talking about the restaurant okay. uh, employees and things like that, like that industry. Oh, yeah. Like, for I, sure. want to, I want to, like, rag on them a go, little bit. But go like, for it. I can't sit and I can't. Dude, you can't. Can. Go for it. I mean, no, no, this no, is, I can't, that's the reason, like, everybody comes on the show, just about everybody comes on here uses an alias. Simply because, you know, I want people to be, be able to come into this show and be totally honest. Yeah. Because, you know, we live in a cancel culture now. Uh, the smallest thing seems like it, it gets lit up online. Uh, is the whole reason I don't. Man, I, would, that, I think I think that's kind of that's that whole that whole the the online thing, the social media thing too. Like it it's. It's so stupid, man. It's, 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 you know what I mean? It's like when we're playing video games, right? And, um, you know, I don't know. Like my, some of my favorite memories with you are uh, Battlefield 3. Right. It's you, me, uh, Ghost. Ghost, yeah. Right? Yeah, Swish didn't in, come in to like, to like Destiny, I guess. In, in that tank. On that, uh, on the map with the the battleship out in sea, and we just be sitting in the tank and just sh- you know, lobbing like, shots at it, yeah. <laughs> like literally, and like literally, like blowing things up before they even hit land, like kind of trolling. Yeah, yeah. The players are not. I I bet you. I mean, there had to have been times when, um, you know, during like at, at the end of the round or whatever, and like all the mics are open. You know, I'm sure like people were cursing at us and all this kind of thing, but. I mean, to me, so, so me, to me, like that, that Twitter stuff, Twitter feuds and stuff, it's just like that. Do you know what I mean? Like people take it too. Yeah, but it's worse than that because people are dogs to each other. You know, in, in, in Battlefield, we just talk shit, went on to the next game. On Twitter now, they're giving out like your, your name and your address and your workplace and they're calling your workplace and they're sending emails. It's just so stupid. Like who cares? Like who, who cares what, uh, you know, some Australian dude thinks about, you know, Ted Cruz, like, who cares? I, right. I, I don't care about Ted Cruz. And I'm, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm an American. Like, I don't, you, know you live like, with him. Cruz, huh? You have to live with him up there. You know who I've seen? Who? Actually, so, so where I live right now is right near the hill. Right. Right. So who I see now is, um, I've seen just just once is um, actually I've seen two. I've seen Nancy Pelosi okay. at that Whole Foods, but I've also seen Mitt Romney. Oh boy, at the Whole Foods. Yeah, and a lot of the, the, the my theory at the time was a lot of the politicians, like the superstar ones, felt comfortable going around in public because they had the mask on. Mask on, right? And it's a little bit hard. You have to like really look and go, oh. Right, that that's Mitt Romney. You know, no, no, but you you know Mitt Romney's slick back Mormon hair, and you know Nancy Pelosi's dead ghost eyes. So not gonna hide anything. That, that, that's you know, I know I know those those soulless eyes from California. She's she's from California. Pelosi's from California. You know, and you know Mitt Romney's you know slicked Mormon hair. You just smell the Utah coming off of him. So he ain't hiding from nobody. But them, the, them both being in Whole Foods—that's that's hilarious. I mean, what do you? What do you? So are you on Twitter? Yeah. 
So, are, do you ever engage in no. the discussion there? No. Okay, so it's you more just, you're just watching the shit show. I mean, I've had that. I've had you no know, my personal Twitter account for forever, 2008. No. Uh, then I've got one for the show. Um, but dude, I hadn't even posted the link to the show probably in two months, just because Twitter is an absolute absolute shit show. I hate it's a, mm. it's a dumpster fire. I hate it. I hate I hate Twitter. Um, is it worse than Facebook? Well, dude, Facebook is like Boomerville. You know, it's 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 just like your 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 grandparents posting stuff on there about how right. you know AOC is going to eat your children. You know, and then Twitter's all about how do- they keep they're still banging the Donald Trump gong. He's like he's gone. You can stop now. But Trump, like, he's gone. It's okay. The, the orange man can't touch you anymore. Don't worry. You know. <laughs> and then Instagram is is. is Instagram is nothing but uh, a, a sales platform and tits. So, I mean, like you said, all, all social media now is trash. It's just, they've all got their own little niche. So I might go on them just to post like the link to the show and, and the yeah. description, but that's, that's really all. I mean, I get like some messages sometimes from people like, Hey, I, I found your show. I really enjoy it. I'm like, Hey, thanks. And that's kind of the end of the conversation. Yeah. Um, so, as far as personally, I don't use social media a ton anymore just because it's, it's just garbage. It's a time suck. Yeah. I just don't understand the, the idea that you're going to get so not, not you, you know, obviously. Right. In general, you. Yeah. Some, 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 someone's going to get so mad at someone Writing, right? Just typing something, not even really typing it. It's on their thumb. It's going like this, and, and it's usually just some random point, or maybe not even related. And they're going to get all upset about that, and then like you know, engage in this. I don't know tax battle, right? I don't know what. what I don't get that. Time's precious, you know? man. I got more. I got better things to do than to spend arguing with some retard online. Yeah. You know, um, I, wow. Well, I got, I got banned from a couple Reddit pages. Um, our Reddit so- pages. Yeah. Our socialism, like our socialism. They banned me. <laughs> uh, some dude from South America called me a, uh, capitalist frog. I think he meant pig. I guess frogs are worse than pigs in South America. I don't know. Um, I think it was something lost in translation there. Uh, yeah, they so our socialism banned me. I think our communism banned me. And uh, there's another yeah, one. You, you got to stream this, Nango. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious, dude. Just th- that little bit, and just like the delivery of that man, that's like literally like a stand-up bit. Nah, dude, my whole life's a stand-up bit. Yeah, he, yeah oh God, I, I gotta convince you, man. I gotta convince you. To Con- convince me to what? To 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 stream it, you know. I would stream it with like you know, me and you. We both yeah. we we both we both appreciate. Um, Privacy, um, you know, not giving out our real names, not giving out exactly where we live at. Um, but you no know, friends I have in here, 
they're bad about, you know, not on purpose, just like dropping a real name or mm-hmm. a real location close to us. And I have to kind of edit mm-hmm. those out. Um, yeah. Like, That's smart. Yeah. Just, I mean, and not even because I'm like, not even because I'm afraid of people knowing, you know, where I live. I like just having some privacy. Yeah. You know, and not saying that I'm going to get popular or anything like that or, or, or become like a, a top 10 podcast. But I've seen like I've heard horror stories from a lot of YouTubers and stuff who mm. their channel blows up and then they have people like knocking on their door and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, God, dude, I could not imagine living like that. You know, especially with me, because, you know, half half the year I'm working night shift and mm. and the wife's home alone. Yeah. You know, and I don't want somebody coming trying to get in our house when I'm not there. Well, it's not like she couldn't fend for herself. I mean, she's got guns in her nightstand. 40, yeah, forty pistols. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think you know, internet culture has gotten. You know, the internet used to be a place. Well, you know, you 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 were like in your twenties when the internet hit. The internet used yeah. to be a place where it was like the wild west. You could do anything or say anything or what the fuck ever. And now, you know, it's like, um, the whole argument, you know, that, that four companies control the internet now mm-hmm. and you kind of have to go through their gates to get anywhere in the internet. And if you've been banned from one of their platforms, that's just another, another door shut for you to get into the internet. So I want to ask you a question. So what did you, so, regardless of if you agree with his politics or not, what did you think of the Trump being banned from these major platforms? Um, I'm torn. I know that sounds kind of weird because I hate fucking Trump. <laughs> I fucking hate the dude. You think he's, he's fucking stupid? No. You, you know where I stand politically. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm very libertarian, kind of down the middle of the road. Um, I believe a company has the right to say, um. You can't be here. Why a company would want to do that, I don't understand because I think the more customers you have, the better. But um, it's like I have friends of mine who don't want to wear a mask, didn't want to wear a mask all through through COVID. Well, now our area has lifted mask restrictions, but there's still some companies, some stores here that still require masks. Uh, Loves Travel Centers, the truck stops, they still require masks to enter. I wear a mask when I go in because that company says, please wear a mask when you come in here. The company asked me to do it. I'm going to do it because I appreciate that company and I want to follow their rules because they are a private business. They're a private, private property. I believe in private property rights. So from that aspect, I believe Twitter had the right to say, we don't want you here mm-hmm. and ban him. But the problem is Jack Dorsey wants Twitter to be regulated like a, like utility utilities have to take everybody. So you can't have it both ways. So I think if Jack Dorsey really wants Trump really wants Twitter to be a utility and be open for everybody, he can't let, he can't start banning people for it. You see what I'm saying? You, you, yeah. you can't have, you can't have it both ways. It's gotta be one or the other. Um, and you know, a lot of people made a living just on Twitter responding to Trump's tweets. 
a lot of liberal press made a living off responding. They waited with bated breath all day waiting for him to tweet something so they could respond. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of where I stand on it. I, th- I think if, if, if they want everybody on there, everybody should be allowed on there. Otherwise, you know, they needed, they need to become a pro- stay a private company. How about you? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I was thinking more about it, you know, as I was listening to you and your opinion, you know, um, and I was thinking, cause I, yeah, I, I, you know, first of all, like the, what you're like, why you're torn, like it makes like perfect sense. Right. Right. Um, cause yeah, that, that got me thinking. And then I started thinking, I, you know, yeah, if, so let's, I was thinking like a little bit, I uh, just like metaphorically. So what if it was uh, like electricity, let's say just something neutral like that. So it, it, everyone has it or I guess that, that's, uh, you know, that can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, has it. It's everywhere. Um, I think one of the arguments is thinking back and not to rehash this stuff. It's just, a, it, I guess the, the, the constitution of this country didn't uh, predict, you know, Twitter or anything that's going on now, right? So I think it is going to be a relevant discussion for some time, right, till we figure out, you know, how do we classify these things, right? Or do they get regulated, those kinds of things? Um, So, yeah, let's just say it's electricity and everyone has it. The argument for taking, banning, uh, Trump's account off, uh, what is it, Facebook and Twitter, uh, was that he was weaponizing uh, the platform, right? So the, that that leads into the whole capital siege. And I want to ask you about that, too, like your thoughts on that. Because we haven't talked in a while. Other in than a while. Just like, you know, other than just right? random text, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Uh, you know, about tactics, you know, real stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Those tactics. Yeah, so we, we haven't had like this kind of conversation in a few few years. Um, so what was I saying? Right. So what if what if you 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 said, okay, well, there's this prick out there who's taking who's plugging into the electrical grid. He's paying for it. Mm. You know, he's paying for the kilowatts per hour or whatever. But he built this electric. Uh, you know, rail gun or something, right? <laughs> well, a lightning gun from a video game, and he's going around like leveling uh, buildings and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, but I mean, it goes back to that. That's an, it's another argument about um, uh, firearm makers, right? Yeah. Some of the, some of the families from Sandy Hook are, are suing firearm makers. Um. I hate the term slippery slope. I think it's kind of a cop out a lot of times. But you know, are, are we going to start going to be able to? Are we going to be able to start suing car manufacturers because my child died in a car wreck? Am I going to be able to start suing alcohol brewers because my husband, my, my wife was killed in a drunk driving accident? You know, am I, am I going to be able to start suing bars for over serving somebody who had who had a car wreck? Where where do we stop? With a litigious, you know, are, are we? Are somebody weapon. Okay, let's just say, for instance, just 
for instance, uh, John Doe decides to build a bomb in his house. Okay, well, he's got lights on in the house so he can see what he's doing. Are we going to be able to sue the power grid suppliers for supplying him lights? You know, where does it end? Um, so I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know uh, where I, I like to think, you know, I believe in personal responsibility. I believe that, you know, you make yourself, you, you choose who, who are you going to be? So, you know, you can't blame anybody else for, for what you do. So when I go fuck up somebody, I can't say the only reason I did it was because the video games told me to do it or because there was a gun to buy. So I actually bought it and used it, you know, so I don't, I, I hate the, litigious culture we have in America because like everybody's looking for a chance to sue. You know what I'm saying? Now, if I punch you and, and break your nose, you can sue me because I did that with my hands. So I get that or have you charged for assault or whatever, but for somebody to do something fucked up and say, well, I wouldn't have done it if company A, B, or C didn't supply me the the ability to do it. I, I, I'm not buying that because they would they would have found a way. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it it, it makes absolute <laughs> sense. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just like thinking about it because I saw I was watching, I think it was a documentary, right? And they were it was one of these. Um, newer ones that talk about like, are we in a simulation? You know, that, oh, right. that whole thing, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I just, I just love that, you know, that, that thought experiment, but uh, in, in this documentary, they talk about uh, this, the, one of the examples you brought up where in many of the mass killings uh, that have happened in this country, uh, some of the, you know, the guys that, that don't end up killing themselves or make it out alive, they use something called um, the matrix uh, defense. Now, there's like a word for it where they try to blame, uh, you know, the matrix movies preceding this idea that we're in a simulation. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's what caused them to disassociate uh, oh, from reality yeah. and then go on this killing spree. Right. And it, I mean, it's an interesting uh, documentary in that sense, at least for me, just like looking at it from like a social sciences perspective, not so much like the philosophical one. Yeah. Um, yeah. That just reminded me of that, you know, so and, and, and litigation and things like that. And I guess to your point, Hango, with the, how, you know, how some people say the United States literally is. Uh, country of laws, you know, it's laws on stacked on top of laws. I guess, yeah, it, it's possible that um, at some point, once that precedent is set, right to your point, like, yeah, it's all fucked. Yeah, I think that's you know, I've I've always kind of clung to what John Locke said, you know, that that as a Freeborn person, you know, whether you recognize, you know, a creator or, or not. Uh, but the idea is that you have, 
you have natural rights being a human being, you know, and it was, you know, you have the right to be alive. You have the right to life. Nobody can take that from you legally. Um, you have, you have the right of, of freedom. No one should be able to make you a slave. You, know, you should have, you should have the right to live free and you have the right to the fruits of your labor. You know, the whole lot, that's where life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness came from was from John Locke. Um, no one should be able to take those three things from you. That's three things that are, are inalienable. I think Jefferson called them. Um, so I, you know, that's something to me that should never be able to be regulated or, or, or lessened by any law. That's three natural rights we have is to be able to live, <clears throat> to be free and to be able to keep whatever we work for. You know, I, I think that's really the basis of what we need to get back to. Whether, you know, no matter what a state or local or federal government tries to do, they shouldn't be able to take those three things away from us. Because number three goes back to my hatred for taxation. But we won't get into that tonight. Because <laughs> I know. Or, or maybe we will. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you want to ask me about the, the, the Capitol riots? Yeah, like what, what? What's your take on it? That's a bunch of fucking retard[s]. Did <laughs> <laughs> you know that that day? I I got up. I I was getting back on my sleep schedule uh, yeah. to go back to work, and uh, I, I I just woke up because I sleep with like the uh, the TV on with the 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 sound turned down, and so I'd woke up that afternoon and I rolled over and. I was trying to like get my eyes adjusted and I saw what, whatever daytime show was on. Also did cutting and like breaking news. It's like Washington DC. I'm like, Oh fuck. What have they done now? It's like people are marching on the Capitol. I'm like, hold the fuck up. Did I wake up in a movie or something? What the hell's going on? Yeah. And you were the first person I text. I yeah. Said, hey yeah, man, yeah. Hey man, are you okay? And you're like, wow, what's going on? I'm like, look out your window. <laughs> It's like I'm giving the breaking news. <laughs> yeah, you were. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it was just a but. Uh, me and Matt, a guy from Give That Some Thought, another podcast on our network. Um, he were talking one night on here, and you know, me and him both really believed that it was like it was a LARP. It was it was an ARG that went way too far, and people started believing it. You know, uh, I, I think it started off as masturbatory material for Trump supporters. And um, they went down the rabbit hole, and I think people just kept pouring gasoline on it, and then it kind of became its own thing, and and people actually drank the Kool Aid and, and took the trip. Yeah, you agree? <laughs> okay. It, it's just it was so weird, was it not? I mean, I yes, it was. I mean, 2020 has been the weirdest. It was, it was chaos. It really was. (laughs) You remember, I think it was 2017, like all the celebrities died. Everybody's like, oh, it can't get no worse than this. I'm like, oh, motherfucker. (laughs) Wait till you say 2020. It's going to be wild. I mean, it's it's all, hey, Hango, can I take a picture of this on my phone? Because I want to (laughs) remember. You remember my my boyish good looks? (laughs) Well, yeah, that and um, 
Yeah, I just want to send him a federal agent. No, I want to um, <laughs> look at those. Gun wanna, what is it? Uh, just have a memory of of having a video conference with you, man. Well, you appreciate know? it. I, I mean, now I wish when we were really playing video games that we had like cameras up too, you know? Oh God, so no. Could, like, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I know you'd be like laying down. <laughs> On my side, yeah. I'm laying yeah. over playing, yeah, relaxing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, you know that, what I mean? That night when you were playing, and I said, let me get up, I get to concentrate. And you're like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "I'm, I'm laying here on the, you're laying on the couch." I'm like, well, "I'm just leaning over on my side." Really, dude, get in the game. We're, we're doing like one of those boss fights in Destiny or something. You like, sit your ass up, <laughs> concentrate. And I, yeah, it's just you're 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 the you're the you're the best thing to come out of uh, all those years playing video games. Uh, <laughs> I'm it. <laughs> You're, you're the best thing, man. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, you know, because I'm, I'm so, I'm so, like, but, right? So, you, like, you, you meet someone, like, I've, I've never had this happen with anyone else, Hango, where you just, like, meet someone randomly, you guys, like, kind of click, you know, and you become really good friends with them. You never actually meet, you talk about it a hell of a lot. Right. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, like you're one of uh, the people I've known the longest at this point. Uh, yeah, in my life, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, um, you know, you have some people come into your life and they require constant contact. Yeah. You know, uh, not in a bad way. That's just the way they are. They text you about every single thing going on. Oh yeah. Uh, about what's going on around them. Um, and I'm not that way, you know, me and you can go months sometimes without talking. Yeah. And then yeah. I'll send you a dumb meme or you'll, you'll send me a video <laughs> link to something stupid and yeah. then we'll talk for three or four nights and then we won't talk for another two months. You know, yeah. um, we just have that kind of, but when we, we start talking again, it's like we never stop. We pick right up with the bullshit we had said before. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, even like you know, we, we played on PS3 for it, played Battlefield, other stuff like that. And then yeah. when PS4 came out, I downloaded the, uh, the, the destiny demo. And like, the first time I played it, like it popped up skull control, sent you a message. Yeah. like, Holy shit. What, what the fuck's up, man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about tonight? Yeah, so um, asked, I asked you, so I'm trying to flip it on you because I think, I think, I like, I like, you know, having the exchange with you, you know, you know, part of this like catching up, yeah, with you too. So I asked you about that, uh, the uh, Capitol Hill. I want to talk to you about like, you know, how's everyone. Back home, I was like her wife. Oh, yeah, man. Everybody's good. Um, The wife, she worked for that same company she'd been working for since we got married. And she left there um, right after the pandemic started. Because they went to, I think I I texted you and said, hey, you know, she's working from home now. They they shut their office down. And um, 
she found another company that has been doing telecommuting for years, have always have done it for the longest time. And she was like, Hey, I'm thinking about going to this other company. What do you think? I'm like, I think you got to be happy no matter where you're at. And she's like, well, if I'm going to be working from home, I might as, well be, might as well be with a company that I'm, I'm going to enjoy working for. I'm like, well, fuck oh. yeah, you'll do it. Uh, because the company she was working for really didn't, they had used the excuse of our system can't handle everybody working from home forever to keep people, keep, keep people coming in the office. And so this company was ready. I mean, they, they had been doing, they've been doing telecommuting, sorry, telecommuting for years. And, um, so she applied with them and, and they hired her like lickety split. And so she's been working from home since the pandemic started. Now she's working for a different company. And so she's good. Uh, mom's good as always. She's always mom. What can you say? Um, but yeah, everybody's been doing good down here. Um, I'm just working nonstop. Same old, same old. How's Tia doing? I hear her back there. I hear her back there knocking around earlier. Oh, there she is. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was interesting, Hango. Like, so when I moved, you know, she's used to just going up to like the park or whatever, like where I live, where I used to live. Oh, you're not where you're, you're not in the old apartment anymore? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I literally, I literally live like 15 minutes from Capitol Hill. Oh. Like I, by walking. Oh, I'm gotcha. literally like three or four blocks, dude. Uh, from there, so I used to live near the closer to the White House in Northwest. Yep, that's right. Um, so it, it took her about a year just to transition, because like where I'm living now is just like much more uh, like urban, you know, yeah. in particular. Um, what do you think about the? See, I didn't even I haven't even talked to you about like George Floyd stuff, dude. Again, that's you know where I stand on police. Yeah. I think we've talked about that before, you know. Yeah. Um what happened to him was awful. And that, that's an understatement. It, it really is. Um and I don't feel that I am I don't feel I'm able to comment on that in particular because I have never lived the experience of those people in the neighborhood. You know. I'm I'm just some middle class white dude from the south, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you know I didn't have the same experience growing up as you did, mm-hmm. being of you know Asian descent in in the city. The very different upbringing, uh, or not really upbringing, just different life experience. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think I'm really the best to, to comment on. Like that life, I guess. That life, um, yeah. the culture. You know, um, you know, I can talk to, you know, white dudes in the Midwest, and despite some dialect differences and yeah. some minor cultural differences, we really had kind of the same upbringing. Typically, you know, from, you know, a rural area, typically brought up in some kind of Protestant. Christian sect, you know, there's not a whole lot of difference between us besides our, our dialect and maybe some, some food differences, you know, um, that, yeah, you know, African, an African American man living in Minneapolis, 
I'm like seven degrees separation from that guy. You know, there's not a whole lot. We really had the same growing up or, or even in a day to day experience. Um, I, I just think it, I think I just, I've, I've seen police brutality on, on the TV and I've seen it in person, you know, and that's something I can't comment on. There are good cops and there are bad cops. And it seems that a lot of times the bad ones are the ones we always see. I don't think the good ones get a lot of press. Um, and that could be because the spotlight's always on the bad ones mm-hmm. or it could be that there's more bad ones than good ones. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's also the news, right? It's right. also the news. You're getting a spin. The, like any, any news. I mean, I saw this thing, you know, and I, I guess sometimes things have to be like, like, yeah, like relatable or personable, personal to you in order to have like a real like impact. Um, so one of the things I saw, um, it was like just the local news around here, uh, was like, uh, an Asian guy, uh, got punched in the face or something, you know, and they're like, oh, stop the, uh, hate against Asians. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. Don't hate, you know, you shouldn't hate anybody right. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day. Um, but in, in the news report, I, it just, it just. I can't believe how clickbaity news is. I don't know if it's always been this way or it's just like a recent thing, but the the broadcasters are like, yeah, this this Asian guy got punched in the face for no other reason, no other reason uh, than he was Asian, you know. And then on to our next segment, right? But in that part of town, looking at the footage, um, it looked like whoever assaulted. You know, this guy um, was probably, uh, you know, destitute uh, and probably a little like off. Yeah, so some mental issues. Yeah, so mental issues. And then so if you have mental issues and, you know, because like, I don't know, maybe I don't know much about uh, mental issues, but, you know, maybe you're just hearing things on the news and like the voices start telling you this stuff. Um you know, that was pro I, I, you know, my interpretation of it was this is just some crazy dude, you know, who saw an Asian, Asian guy, um, that just clocked him, yeah. you know, and it just the way the news spins that, you know, saying, Oh, it's just, it's, it has to be, you know, that's the only reason uh, this guy was attacked was, you know, he was of a different ethnicity. With all that going on, I mean, you being a man of, of Asian descent, have you seen any violence towards you that's picked up any more than it usually is? Early on, the first uh, the first month of the pandemic, I was, you know, walking. Uh, you know, we were just talking about Tia earlier, my dog. Yeah. Um, where she's used to like a park. So I just moved here. The pandemic hit into this, this part of town. And so I was looking for fields to take her to. So I'd, I'd walk, um, you know, for, you know, a couple miles looking for, cause where I'm at now is super urban. Um, walk a couple miles looking for fields on one of those trips. It was a, he appeared to me, 
you know, I don't know, it could just be like the, the fashion trends now, but he appeared to me as someone who was, uh, who was leaning destitute, uh, who just said like, you know, I'm sick of you, you know, you know, chinks or whatever, just, you, you know, you making me sick, blah, blah, blah. Right. And, uh, was posturing, right. You know, like he wanted to start something, but like, in, in that exchange, yeah, and the way I interpreted it was, yeah, this guy is crazy, yeah. you know? And on a personal level, like, it, it's weird. It's, like, kind of jarring because, like, you know, you don't, you don't hear that kind of, uh, you know, thing every day. So, it's, you know, kind of jarring, but um, I don't really take him seriously. He's just, like, some destitute guy, you know? I'm a, uh, you know, uh, happily middle-aged bachelor uh, with like a badass dog. I've got, you know, a little, a little money in my pockets. I can get some things on Uber Eats. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Other than that, um, not really. I mean, not even like with um, like, you know, in in this neighborhood, this part of the city, it's like all the, all the kids that, like graduated from college around here that got into politics that grew up decided to have kids, but still wanted to be in the city and still, you know, be political. They like moved here. So there's like, I don't know, maybe, uh, be like six miles, six blocks radius. There's like a bunch of schools, you know, a lot of preschools, babysitters and stuff. And it's just like family city, like, uh, in the building that I'm living in now, um, my apartment is right above um, or right behind uh, where the where there's an alley. So it's it's like my building, the alley, and then the the back of a bunch of row houses uh, on the other street. Yep. They, they what they were doing, I, and I thought this was really smart of the parents. Is so there were kid, literally kids in one house. So their kids like in all in four houses right next to each other, all about the same age. And what they were doing during the pandemic was they they took like right right around five, like when most of the like delivery trucks and stuff weren't going to be in the alley or trash. They would put up uh, what is it like little what are those plastic fire hydrant things called cones, traffic cones? Okay, to block off you know parts of the alley. Then they would open up their gates and just literally made one big backyard. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So and the kids was, were getting like some exercise and some social time and everything else. Exercise. And then like a bunch of the kids that didn't necessarily live, you know, on that street, you know, became like the, the spot, you know, for a lot of neighborhood kids here. So yeah, I thought that was really cool, man. It's very cool. Yeah. It's, I mean, kids need that social interaction a lot more than us adults do. I think, because uh, we, we we can find a way to you know, us now doing a damn Zoom call. We we find or through text we find a way to socialize. No. Uh, kids, especially young kids, they need that physical social interaction. Whether it's you know playing baseball or or playing chase or tag or whatever, hide and seek. Uh, it's, it's good that parents were able to find a way to make that happen without a doubt. And how's how's this the podcasting thing going for you? I mean, it, it sounds like you're having a, a lot of fun with it. Oh, yeah, it's a blast, dude. It's it's yeah. uh, 
I was really nervous about doing it. Um, cause I don't know if, I don't know if I ever told you, I, I did radio in high school a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And so the best part is I could edit this. <laughs> so it's not, in radio. When you flip, when, when the countdown now starts, and you flip that switch, you're live and there's, mm. there's no cutting anything out before it goes on the air. It's, it's out there. Um, this is a little bit better uh, because I can still go back and cut things or, or knock out any kind of noise or whatever. Uh, what, what inspired you, man, to like just, just go for this format? I, I, just, just, I know a, a, you hear me talk about Matt and Addison sometimes on the show. It's a couple guys up in Missouri. I'd found their podcast and, and you know, they're, they're on the smaller side and, and uh, was talking to them and, and, um, I was like, shit, man, I, I, I've always missed doing radio. I've always missed it. And I know a lot of interesting people. I don't think that I'm that interesting, but I know a lot of folks who are, you know, like, like Judd and Harpit yourself. I think you're a very interesting guy. I um, think you are too, Hango. <laughs> I mean, not, not so much like, so what, what happens is like, yeah, I mean, like not so much like necessarily. Yeah, you're just you. Yeah, you're a fucking. I don't. I was gonna. You're a really interesting person. Just like your the, um, like the types of work you had, like the way you think about things, and then also the way you can like articulate something. You know. Well, I don't know if I'm that That's articulate, like, but thanks. No, you are. You you convey you convey like your point um, like very well, right? Like your language isn't necessarily as nerdy or as like flowery, let's say like as me, right? Like he's a lot of nerdy and flowery language because I'm verbose. Um, but when, when I ask you something like, Hey, what do you, what do you think about this? Like, you're just like, you know, and you just get that information out in a clear way. Yeah. I'll that, try. That's what I try. Mean. No, but I, I just know like, um, I've said before every other Saturday night when I was off, uh, Harpoon and Jet would come over here to the, to the shop and we'd chill out out there and drink beer and just shoot the shit, you know? And, and I was like, well, sh- we need to record this shit. Cause we, we, we say some, we say some wild shit. Sometimes we're just on, in the heat of the moment. Just let, let something come out like a joke, just fly off. And it's hilarious. And this is just a way for, for people to hear it. If they want to, they can listen to it. If not, Oh, well, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not making those Joe Rogan bucks yet, yet, but, uh, It'd be nice to be picked up, but I'm, cause I've, I've got a job. I'm happy to work. I love my work. Um, it's just another, it's a hobby I could do year round too. We're motorcycling. I can only do for about eight months out of the year. This I could do year round. Do you, do you, are you, so you're, you're like on episode like nearly eight, somewhere between six and eight. Right what now, episode are you on now? Of tw- in, the, in the 20s. What? I've missed that many? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta take a road trip or something. So I can catch, I can catch yeah, dude. I, I put out at least one episode a week. And I started like like the second week of January. Damn, I got, I got a lot. <laughs> you gotta pick up. up. Yeah, but you've been busy, dude. I mean, you've yeah, been yeah, putting that yeah, restaurant yeah, together? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, and man, my, my day gig, man, like 2020 was just a shit show. So are you still doing like your, your regular job on top of this? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so fuck. my day, my day gig last year, dude, I, 
like I'm I'm literally sunsetting my career, right? Right now I'm getting too old. I, I, and just like too cranky. <laughs> at this point you know what I mean but this last the, so the, 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 what I did in 2020 on top of all the weirdness it was like intense because uh, I'm just sitting here in my apartment with my dog like a mask and shit and I'm, I'm probably working like I don't know 12 14 hour days at like my job job yeah and then maybe just Last year, not not that much. Maybe I don't know, fifteen hours, fifteen twenty hours a week, working on the restaurant, like whatever needed to happen there. Um, that that was crazy. Basically, this is the last thing I'll ever do in IT. Like you know, substance was we moved all the systems uh, up to. But uh, let me make sure. So there's. We moved the management of all these, like it's it's hundreds of thousands of computers out there. So they used to be managed on like classic, like hardware, like you know, server room, data center, that kind of thing. Right. Last project I worked on was getting the, the management system uh, that manages all those thousands of computers up to uh, the cloud to be managed, you know, by cloud platform up there and it was crazy dude. there's like multiple different uh you know organizations inside this larger you know agency that kind of thing you know right just most the soft skills uh because you don't have necessarily any uh, authority <laughs> you just have the responsibility to get something done a lot of the soft skills talking to people the communications you know penetrating that all those layers of bureaucracy and all that kind of stuff. And then the technical bits of actually getting these hundreds of thousands of computers uh, managed by, again, by a new platform in the, uh, uh, in the cloud is, is pretty ridiculous. I bet. And, and it's, it's a sick way to start sunsetting, you know, the, uh, the, the nerdy career. <laughs> and take it uh, off on the new one. Yeah, the, the, the restaurant hangouts. I wish I had done this, man, like in my 20s, 30s, dude. It would be ridiculous. Like, right, we have, I think we we have something like 1,500, oh, maybe somewhere around there, around 1,500 Instagram followers, 90% of which I would say, and I'm just, you know, I'm just spitballing. Just, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's just a, a nice way and that to tell the story. But like ninety percent of them are like like women, men. So they're either like get they're either just bored housewives, um, they're in or they're in, in in the industry, or they just genuinely love food or, or whatever. And it's just yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Like if I was twenty, I mean, I'd just be like, you know what I mean. But do you think you'd have? Would you have the same? Um discipline in your twenties to do this as you do now in your middle yeah. ages? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, okay. if, if, if one thing I wouldn't have though, Hango, is the, if maybe more of like the wisdom to maybe extract those lessons I was talking about, you know, so right. if I did it when I was in twenties, I'd probably be, you know, 
you know, on the surface, I'd be like, yeah, you know, I learned so much and all that kind of stuff. But maybe there would, in my 20s, there'd be a part of me like, oh, yeah, we that, that only failed because someone else, you know, right. fucked me. You know, I still had that kind of thing going on yeah. in my 20s. But, yeah, I think that the, the tenacity um, and I guess just like being attracted to doing something so ludicrous. Um, yeah, if 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 that opportunity had presented itself in the exact same way, yeah, I, I would have totally um, been able to do it. And I guess one thing, maybe this will be disappointing, is you know, yeah, back even like um, like my role in it is only <laughs> to manage the other guys. Right. It's, it's to tell right now it's to, you know, tell the chef, you know, like, um, Hey, to taste this stuff, like whatever he's working on and go, um, you know, I like this one better. It's funkier. It, it, there's a weird, you know, fermentation taste to this thing that I really love, you know, and then he'll listen to my opinion and then maybe experiment with a little bit. Uh, I'll, maybe just gently remind him like, we want to keep this kitchen, uh, you know, spotless because one Instagram, uh, two uh, people will be wanting to come downstairs oh, yeah. to the kitchen and, uh, you know, just check, check things out and stuff, you know? So I want it to be presentable all the time. And then for like the, the build out uh, itself for that, uh, that's largely, uh, my partner, the guy who had the dream to start with, and it, it, it's, man, it's, it's a, that's a good question, Ango. Um, <laughs> it really is because. Well, I just, I just know, you know, if I open a business now, I'd be a lot more well prepared for it than I was when I was 23 and opened a business. Well, what do you think would, what, what would be the difference? I think I'd be a lot more uh, fiscally aware of what was going on. I mean, I've always been pretty decent with money. Yeah. But I think even now at 40, I'd be a lot more responsible than I was 17 years ago at 23 when I opened a business. Um, I, and I, I think that I may have um, actually expanded instead of just, you know, being happy that I had beer and bologna in the fridge. Right. You know, um, and it, it, that changes also because I, I was, I, I've been married since then. At the time, yeah. at the time, it was just me, you know, yeah. and I was content having beer and bologna and a TV with three channels. I didn't even have internet then at my house, mm. you know. So I was content with what I had. But now that you know, I'm I'm older now, um, married. So you you're you're looking out for somebody else too. So I think, you know. People say, oh, you don't change your circumstances, do you? Yeah, but your circumstances also change you over time. Uh, and you you really, you, you see what's really important in life as you get older. Um, I've lost friends over the last few years um, for health issues or whatever. You know, I mean, not, not lose like we're not friends anymore. I mean, lose like they passed away. You know, and, and that stuff that, that's, Memories you'll never get to have again because they're gone. Mm -hmm. And I think we, 
I've, I've learned really over the last five years or so that you shouldn't take your time with people for granted because you never know, you know, tomorrow might be it. You know, either me or them, one could be gone. It's, it's a morbid, morbid way to look at things, but it's, you know, it's that whole memento mori thing, you know, that, that you need to remember that, you know, we're all heartbeat away sometimes. And so I think, um, and that's something that, that the wife taught me, you know, about, you know, you don't have to work all the time. You can stop and enjoy things too, mm. you know, because what are you going to do when you're 65 and you hang it up and you've got no memories from when you were young because you were working the whole time, you know? So I think, um, yeah, like I said, I don't think, I, I think that I would have done more with what I was doing instead of just being satisfied when I was younger, if I was doing it now, that's really the difference. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's one of those things. I mean, you just, you just got me thinking where, um, one thing we got very lucky with, uh, in terms of like building, um, getting the restaurant going, like we're, we're so close to, um, is we had a lot of um, like mentors, but not necessarily in like the classic sense where, um, you know, we're, we're knocking on Mr. Miyagi's door, like teach me Kung Fu, nothing like that. Where just socially we we've met a lot of people who, who were business owners that um, would either just outright give us advice, you know, like, listen here, guys, this is, this is what you got to do. Or, just offered themselves like, Hey, you know, you know, if, if you need to talk to someone about permitting, let's say, feel free to hit me up. And this guy, you know, may have opened, you know, 20, 30 different restaurants and bars in the city over a period of 20 years. Like we got really lucky. Oh yeah. Um, where we had a lot of pe- good people, uh, you know, who weren't necessarily like checking our corners or anything. Right. Cause we we're just getting to know them. You know, they're not completely on our, you know, they're, they're not in the inner circle, so to speak, just yet. And, and neither are we to them, right? But we're, we're getting there, you know, with every passing year. Um, we, yeah, we're just fortunate. I, I just, you know, started thinking, you know, when you're saying, you know, when you're, when you're 20, um, you could have been looking back on things. You could have been, uh, you know, potentially a little bit more ambitious, you know, and, and I, just, I just couldn't help thinking, man, what if, you know, Hango had, you know, just a group of older, uh, maybe not even older, man, like more experienced, I guess, uh, entrepreneurs around him at the time that just were in this social yeah. circle that were just not even, again, not even necessarily looking out for you, but like, hey, man, I hear you're opening up, you know, this the, the shop, you know, hey, when you go file that permit, you know, look out for X, Y, Z or, you know, make sure you talk to Mr. Green or whatever it is. Right. You know, like how different things would be uh, there. It's almost like um, we, we, I think we, we kind of rely on, uh, I know I'm going off a crazy tangent. No, dude, this whole show's a tangent. Is that what you told me the first episode? This whole show's a tangent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so okay, perfect. So yeah, I, I just couldn't help but think. But I think, I guess, as, as a as a society, 
at least in, and in this country, um, maybe we rely too much on like, uh, you know, public education or like educators to, uh, to be those mentors, you know, for us in general, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, as I've said before, I, I didn't go to like a traditional four year university. I went to a trade school. And that's something that, um, if you're familiar with Mike Rowe's foundation, the Mike Rowe's Mike work, Rose? Mike Rowe, the guy from Dirty Jobs. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's got a foundation called um, Mike Rowe's uh, Works Foundation. And he raises money for scholarships for kids who are going to trade schools. And um, part of that is he gets them involved with mentors to whatever specified trade they're going into. And, you know, for a lot of kids who are going to four-year universities, um, it's not really the right path for them. And that's okay. I, I, I think a lot of kids have been duped into believing that they need to go get a four-year degree. Yeah. And that's why you have a shit ton of kids graduating from universities every year with English or psychology degrees. And they never use those degrees because it was just four years. They were told they needed to go do when in actuality, if they went to listen, if, if some of these kids who would go to a trade school and get an HVAC degree for two years, they'll be making more than their parents would make in a lifetime. And in about five years, because if you have an H, if you have an HVAC company in the South doing mm-hmm. heating and air conditioning, you can live like a king. Because people in the South, when they're hot, they'll pay a king's ransom to get the air conditioner working again. Uh, welding is needed so much right now in the U.S. Uh, there are welding jobs. If you look at the if you look at our newspaper or classified ads now, the three things that are always on there are. CDL class, a truck drivers, nurses, and welders. That's the three things that are always in classified ads. On, on the nurses in, in your wife would, uh, I guess would be able to like confirm this. My understanding on the nursing shortage is it's actually a problem with the schools that the schools are so limited in, in the, is that true? Okay, I see you. Um, it, it's that a lot of the nursing schools, number one, they limit spots who they accept. Um, number two, I think they have to hold a C average. I could be totally wrong about that. Um, I'm sure it varies from, from school to school. I, I don't know. Or maybe a D average. I can't remember. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, and plus there's so many levels of, of nursing degrees. Uh, there's you know, RN, and there's this, and there's that, and there's there's in certain ones, everybody wants RNs now. Yeah. Well, that takes a little bit more schooling than than other things do. I don't know how it all works. I'm not going to pretend like I do. But, yeah, I mean, there, I wish if some of these kids would go try a trade that they might actually be interested in. Or even like auto mechanic or diesel mechanics. My God, there's a shortage of freaking diesel mechanics now. Guys who work on semis. 
Huh. Uh, it's it's a wide open, wide open field. I'm surprised to hear that too, that uh, truck driving uh, was there's there's a shortage there too. I wonder what's causing that. Well, it's a shortage of over the road truck drivers. That's the problem. Um, because when you were driving over the road, you are never home. So and if it was typically guys who are running over the road are brand new to trucking, which is kind of weird. You would think you want your over the road guys to be your most experienced. So what is, is over the road? Literally the guys that what is, is, they're going coast to coast, long haul truck drivers. <laughs> yeah. Um, those are cause most guys don't want to work over the road. They want to have a local route where they're home every night and home every weekend. Um, but I've got a buddy of mine and he has drove in a team with his father-in-law. So for 12 hours, one of them drives with one of them sleeps. And when his time runs out, the other guy gets on the clock and they drive. So that truck has never stopped. It's always running. And, uh, he's done really well for himself because they, they split everything 50, 50, you know? Yeah. Um, and th- there are guys who, um, guys who, buy their own truck, become an owner operator and they don't own a house. Their wife lives with them in the truck. Some of those semis are like apartments. I mean, they have big beds, TV, microwave, the whole setup and those sleeper caps are gigantic. And so I know some guys and him, him and his wife, they live in the truck, you know, and that's just a life. They, it's a, it's a gypsy lifestyle. They're you know yeah. from one one end of the of the country to the other, and all their money goes right back into that truck, and they live in it, you know. And plus, most truck most travel centers, whether it be Loves or Pilot or Flying J or whoever, they have rewards cards, and whenever you fill up your truck with fuel, you get a free shower. So they they shower, do all their shopping, everything right there at the truck stop. So, you know, they they're like they're that vagabond nomad lifestyle. Always on the run, you know. Yeah, and that, that's so attractive to me right now. <laughs> it really, it, it's it's a it's a. You know, my grandfather was a truck driver for, for a long time, and my grandmother always said that when he quit driving, it was just like living with an alcoholic. Because he would hear a truck go by their house, he'd get up and look. Oh, it's a Peterbilt. Oh wow! He'd hear another one coming. It's international. That's a freight liner. You know, he, he he could hear the truck and know what, what kind of truck wow. it was. And she, he would lay in bed at night, wringing his hands, wanting to get back out on the road. He was, a, he was addicted. He, he, he literally loved it that much. He was addicted to truck driving. Yes. So, yeah, it's yeah, something that cool. I've heard that once it really gets in your blood over the road, truck, it's hard. It's hard to stop doing it. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I can see why. Right. <laughs> There's got to be like if, if you're going what 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 is it called over the road you said yeah like if so if you're an over the road guy like and that's like the jam like yeah it's, there's got to be like these hours where it's just like uh just calm and peaceful you know what I mean and like yours is in and out well this was he drove mm-hmm. like in the sixties um, yeah in the six late fifties early sixties and they were mm-hmm. living in um. Wisconsin. And so his trucking firm uh, did a lot of 
a lot of driving through like Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, the Dakotas, up into Canada some. And when I finished high school, he was like, listen to me. He's like, if you want to get into drunk driving, I'll help you get your CDL. My grandfather was a teamster back in the day. He's like, I'll get you in the union. You know, I still got some connections there. I was like, nah. He's like, you love to travel. Why wouldn't you? I was like, yeah, but when I travel, I want to go see something and then come home. And when you're truck driving, you don't have time to stop. If you got to make a delivery time, you you got to be there. You go. Yeah. You know, and and now I kind of wish I would have done it. Really? Yeah. Because, I mean, I would I'd be damn near retired by now. I mean, that was 20 years ago. Just, just because of the, just, I mean, because you know, once you twenty twenty years in the truck driving, if you played your cards right, you you may own your own firm by that point. You may have two or three trucks working for you, you know, um, and so I, I kind of wish I would have done it in a way, because now with the job I have and I'm I drive every night, it's a lot different between driving and driving a semi and driving a delivery van though i mean semis you get to you know but my grandpa always said he goes if i had the roads that y'all have now he said i, I would have made like four times the amount of money you think about the highway system back in the 50s and 60s compared to what it is now yeah you know he's like if i had these roads that y'all had now he said i could have i could have ran all the time it would have been nothing stopping him <laughs> you know and plus driving driving you think about driving in the upper midwest and in canada during the winter how that yeah. was just had to be horrible. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, driving Southern routes year round. You know, if, I, if I was able to, to truck like from Florida to California, along like through Texas and Arizona and Louisiana, Arkansas, yeah. that'd be perfect. But you could just run it year round down through here. Damn, you're making me want to get. It. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get you some overalls and a trucker hat and put you on the road. All right. So- this, here's, here's my yeah you got me thinking <laughs> you know you know with the self-driving cars right the self-driving cars so that's going to be a thing one of the things that i've read about that is it will probably hit commercial trucking mm-hmm. uh first right yeah. Just as an acceptance now i'm thinking like well tesla's already started it hmm? tesla's, tesla's, tesla's already got like they've already started testing uh over the like across country over the road trucks so I'm, I'm thinking they're going to need, sometimes they're going to need like a computer nerd to babysit these trucks. Yep. I mean, that would be a sweet gig just to ride around, <laughs> you know, uh, coast to coast, you know, in this self-driving car. And like, all, all I have to do is like debug it or whatever. You well, know? I don't think I'd be, wouldn't be in the car while I'm trying to debug it when it's swerving over the road. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Someone's hacking my mainframe. But you know what I mean. Like I'd, I'd ride with it, and then you know, if there was an issue, you'd be behind the wheel to go down with it. Yeah, <laughs> break out the laptop. You know, I mean, yeah, that driving as a truck driver in the fifties and sixties must have been wild. Oh, dude, could you imagine? And plus, like a lot of his deliveries, he would do like in downtown Chicago. Yeah, he used to know some of these. Like one story in particular, he told me, he said the alley was just big enough to where he got the trailer backed up in it and he could open the door just enough to get out of, out of the truck. I mean, it was that tight of a squeeze. So yeah, like delivering in a warehouse out here would be that big of a deal, but delivering like in some of these 
downtown areas, like in DC. I couldn't imagine. It's such an old part of town down there. Mm-hmm. I, I could not imagine trying to get a semi anywhere close to a delivery stop down there. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I mean, I, I, I in the building I used to live in was next to a grocery store, but the the grocery store faced the other side, so the delivery part was uh, near the entrance to my building. So, yeah, every day, man, I'd see these giant, uh, I guess, 18-wheelers uh, try to – it's a one-way street. Like, oh, no, God. Trying to, yeah, back in, back up, blah, 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 to back into uh, the dock of this uh, grocery store. Yeah, next, what a nightmare. Yeah, that's part of the job, too. It ain't just all sunshine and, and open roads, you know. Sometimes you have to get in those – and, like, you think about all these old cities. They have to get deliveries. Like, you know, you think about, like – um uh, it's like Philadelphia. Some of the, some of those streets of Philadelphia from the old part of, of town, these older cities oh. in the U.S., New York, like in, in Queens or something. You know, where, where it's a bunch of one-way streets, and you got it. You got an alley just big enough to get a trailer down through it, and you got to back that some bitch in. No. Oh. Yeah, that kind of discourages me from the idea of doing that. Or like, like, yeah, like I was thinking about one of your favorite town, Boston. You know, oh God, dude! Yes, <laughs> right. oh, dude! Yeah, any of these East, like old East Coast cities, oh. like Charleston, South Carolina. You know, they still have the old cobblestone streets and stuff. Trying to manage uh, getting a a, tr- a, a a truck of any size, any substantial size, into some of those places has got to be a nightmare. Let me ask you a question, man. For shits and giggles. So. You know, because we're talking about like careers and like trade schools and mentors and all this kind of thing. So let's say, you know, you're in a movie. You're the, yeah, you're you're in you're in the new Bradley Cooper movie. <laughs> <laughs> Bradley Cooper's playing. It's one of those movies, right? Uh, with Jennifer Lawrence as the co-star. Obviously. Of course, obviously. Right. And Lady Gaga. Yeah. 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 There you go. <laughs> in the movie, Bradley Cooper, who's playing you, you know, is is. You know, a, a southern gentleman, uh, you know, drives with blood bank, right? You're literally a vampire, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, who's vampiring around him. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, doing his, getting, trying to get his podcast to really connect with an audience. Uh, and you wake up and uh, yeah, you're, you're in Bradley Cooper's body. You have, you know, all his wealth, everything. But you're, you're still you, okay. you know. Um, would you continue? What would, would you would you would you try to work? Would you try to continue as an actor? Um, what what would you do for your occupation? And nothing, you know, you you could be like, man, I just I just want to like, you know, drink uh, pina coladas by the pool, man. Yeah, like maybe. That, that's valid too. I don't, dude, I've, do? I've always said like, you know, me and me and. And the wife had talked about, you know, winning the lottery or whatever, you know, and I, I think I honestly, she's like, if I win the lottery, I'm not working no more. He's like, I'm hanging it. She don't, she does not, she rather don't be at home with the pups, you know, rather than anything else. Yeah, sure. I, I think that I would probably still do my job. The, the blood bank one? Yeah. Damn, that's cool, man. What do you like about it? Yeah, you know, it's, um. I, I, I like a lot of work schedule. You know, I'm only working six months out of the year. 
you know, I work seven days on and I have seven days off. Um, I've got a really good boss. She, she's really, really cool. As far as like, you know, if you have a concern, you can go to her open door policy. You talk to her, you, you know, you're being listened to just cause stuff happens. Stuff changes. Um, I like our mission as far as helping people and you know, knowing that what I do could help save somebody's life. Mm. Um, it's not like a regular retail job where you're there just not that retail people aren't doing a, aren't doing a great job, but you know, it's one of those things where, um, it doesn't feel like menial work. Um, I feel like I have a purpose there, you know, and, and like when I go on, on vacation, when I come back, people are like, Oh my God, I'm so glad you're back mm. because somebody has to fill in for me when I'm gone. They have people who are, who work on call, overnights when I'm on vacation. And so instead of the hospital calling for blood at three in the morning and me answering, they're getting somebody out of bed. And so you feel appreciated when you come back from vacation. Everybody's like, God, I had to get up four times while you're off on vacation to go deliver blood in the middle of the night. I know they see now that since I'm there, they get, to, they get a, a full night's sleep. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I really feel that I, I feel that I would, still keep my job because I, I feel like I have a purpose there, which is more than what I can say for a lot of jobs I've had in my life. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. I mean, it, it, it just sounds like, um, like a really good, I mean, you've been doing it for a while now too. Yeah, almost three years. What? It'd be three years in September. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and you still, so you're way past the honeymoon phase. Oh yeah, I mean it's, now it's just it's just my life, you know. And you're I, driving I, at night, right? You're driving at night. Yeah, I work from from seven at night to seven thirty in the morning. So like it it's gotta it's gotta feel like I mean, there's there gotta be time where it just like feels cool as shit, right? Like it's just like this, you know, the town is yours basically. Yeah, I mean going back to the pand when the pandemic started and they they shut down a lot of travel. Um, it was only all people who were supposed to be out traveling were people with emergency services and essential staff like truck drivers and whatnot. And so some nights when I would go up, when I would go to do a delivery at even at like 11 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. it'd, be, it'd be nobody but me and truck drivers. And on some of these old state highways, it was just me. Mm. There was nobody out. Same man. And so, like one of the major cities I deliver to um, when I was coming back from there, I drove, I know at least five minutes with no other traffic. There was no, no semis, no nothing. It was just me on a four lane interstate. It, it was like the, the zombie apocalypse kind of thing. You know, I was just thinking that. <laughs> I, thinking like, Man, I bet you thought you felt like you were walking it, dead or it, something. And, and like there was, they had a curfew in the city I lived in for seven o'clock, I think. And, they had that for a couple months and um, it got to the point at night uh, the animals started coming out. So there was like coyotes and foxes and deer in the streets of the city. So it was like yeah. nature had already started like over two weeks. Nature had already started to take it back so over cool. just because so there was cool. no traffic to, to spook them off the road. Oh. Yeah. Damn dude. 
This is fun, man. Yeah, we have to just do this sometime, man. Yeah. Okay. Anytime you anytime you want to come on the show, you're welcome to, man. I, I want to appreciate it. I thank you so much for, for coming on tonight. It's, it's been awesome. Uh, Skull Control, thank you so much, man. I appreciate your time and everything. Uh, and thank you for listening to this show. Uh, please go by tripodbroadcasting.com and check out all the shows we have there. Uh, give that some thought. Barnhill Outdoors. All those shows, go by and check them out. Also, go by and see our sponsor, ebles.com, E-A-B-L-E-S. Use the promo code HANGO for 15% off some premium CBD. And also go by mydelta8.com and check out what they got going on over there. Skull, thank you again so much, man. I love you. I appreciate you. And I love all y'all guys out there. Hope you have a good night, and we'll see you next time. Bye.